Hello and welcome to PMI's Uncommon Sense podcast, tools to improve your work forever. I'm Susanna Clark, Managing Partner with PMI. Our Uncommon Sense podcast is a 15-minute conversation with our expert consultants. They talk a lot of common sense, although much of it is not common practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. We want you to be inspired to improve your business through learning more about the tools which can help you succeed and grow. I'm with Barry Byrne, Director Consultant from with PMI today. Hello, Barry. How are you? Hello, Susan. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Today, we're going to talk about hijunka. Now, hijunka, some people may have heard of. It's certainly a term that I've definitely heard of, but I've not got any experience of working with it. So I wondered if we could just start off with what is it? So hijunka, a Japanese word, the literal translation, of course, it's always a challenge to translating something literally from Japan. It is about level, flat, smooth as a literal translation, it then has common parlance in, certainly in Western Europe and in the States, with reference to level scheduling. So having a schedule that is level, is flat, is consistent. Hijunka essentially is relating to that concept of having a level schedule based on customer demand. Right. So let's talk about how you achieve that. You know, many of us are played with different highs and lows. A level schedule would be fantastic. Well, indeed. And I think if we take the example from our friends at Toyota, Toyota currently are delivering cars every 66 seconds. And in order to metronomically have that rigor and discipline delivering vehicles every 66 seconds, you have to have optimal scheduling of the demand. Now, you're right, conventional demand often was hugely unpredictable and very difficult to forecast. In fact, you know, I would suggest that forecasting demand from a sedentary position, if you will, is an art in itself. And of course, as we recognise, there are implications for our ability or inability to forecast accurately. And the consequences of us getting it wrong could be far-reaching. Now, let me put this into context in terms of the why are we interested in level scheduling, I suppose. And I've sort of referenced it in terms of Toyota. And I think most of our listeners would have some sense of some understanding of Toyota and its position. Now, Toyota operate what's called the Toyota Production System, TPS. And I'm always intrigued when I hear this word system being used. But for me, they actually do use it in the right way. It's the holistic, the entire system that enables a car to be delivered from the end of the production stream every 66 seconds. How is it that we actually get to that position where they would see that as important? And it's based, it comes back to our practice of the five lean principles, Suze, which I, I know you'll understand. The first principle is understanding what does the customer value about what we do. And we have to have an appreciation of what the customer values. And if we have an understanding of that and what it is that they value, therefore, what is it that they that were served, the purpose we're serving, we would need to consider the value stream that delivers that. How what, So by what means do we deliver the value to the customer, that which the customer is prepared to pay for? So we understand the customer value, i.e. what is it that we're there to serve. We understand the value stream that currently exists to deliver that output. And our first response to that is to consider how does the customer orders flow? And I always have this in my head. I imagine, you know, I use this imaginary post-it that has a customer <laughs> order on it. And I'm intrigued to see the journey that that post-it takes. 
in order to understand clearly the variation that exists in many of the processes and services that we see, but also how do we cope with variation in customer demand? How can we control that in any way such that if we can't control necessarily how the customer is demanding the product or service from us, can we internally synchronize our own production system such that we can flatten out that variation? So it comes back to the sort of mantra is about predictability, this certainty and surety. So the concept of flow, smooth and even flow, Hijunka for Toyota, enables them to deliver to customer requirements. And it is also about getting control of the scheduling, the scheduling process. So in other words, the synchronism, almost like the conductor conducting the orchestra, that synchronism is so important. And Hijunka, therefore, is the process or the approach that Toyota take. And we see this in, in other organizations as well. So there's the system having complete visibility of the entire system to be able to make this work correctly. Yes. And the synchronism of the entire system in and around this regularity, this predictability the concepts that some of our listeners may well be aware of is this concept of just-in-time. We're building to order, so consequently, if we have an order, we build. If we don't have an order, we don't build. And in building that to that order, it means that we concerning is synchronized the whole supply chain end-to-end, so it's integrated in our entire production system. Um, we're metronomically feeding the key stages of the process with the right part at the right time in the right place. So. All of this sort of expressions I'm using now, we see in in the real world, we see that, and that's our ambition, is to have this metronomic, rigorous, leveled flow of customer orders to our system. Now, in order to do that, of course, it challenges us on our thinking around waste, on batching. So we see the conventional view was often to make in bulk and pass bulk product down through the system. So a lot of the approaches that we've taken traditionally, unfortunately, can often compound a felony when ultimately what we're looking to do is to get that synchronicity, is to get that leveling, that smoothing, such that we can enable concepts as just in time. We're delivering metronomically in line with customer demand. And the whole pivot around customer demand within this context means that the knowledge and understanding we have for that level enables us to also, as we see demand growing, to potentially increase the level of which we are producing. But if, for whatever reason, there is another impact that means that actually demand is slowing down, it's that understanding what we're doing really well today so that we are smoothing out that production, but also then being sensitive to what's happening around us. And I think this is an important point that needs to be stressed here. Often in steady state production, you know, typically when things are stable and in control, at least that's the sense we get, we talk about efficiency and effectiveness, and they're the sort of measures that we uphold. You know, so efficiency is essentially that, that effort, the energy that's, that's imparted in order to deliver to customer requirements in terms of effectivity. What's also here that needs to be expressed, that is rarely expressed, is the, is the agility, the adaptability. Right. And having that agility and adaptability to respond to not just steady state production, but also that rising and falling. Because I think I think it's fair to say, Suze, that we can tend to get lost in the excitement of an increasing order book. 
when actually yes. being agile and having that capability to deal with downturn is, downturn is equally as important. And this Hijunka is just one of the, the approaches within the Toyota production system that enables them to maintain the ability to respond quickly to changing customer demand, however that comes about. But fundamentally, it comes to this concept that says we need to be aware of where are we now in performance mm -hmm. terms. We need to be able to detect abnormality quickly in order to limit its impact. And I mentioned this before. And it also enables us to have a relentless hunt for, hunt for waste in our system. And if we can do that, for example, you know, in order to level schedule and in order to ensure that we can consistently deliver to a planned schedule over a week, a month, a quarter, we also need to have be cognizant of and actively work on changeover times. So if yeah. in this Toyota's case, of course, we are aware that they have multiple product variants, some more complex than others. They have variation in the regular drumby demand of one particular car type and maybe irregular mm -hmm. demand on another product type. So consequently, you know, we don't have a, a consistent, you know, 50 of these, 50 of these and 50 of these. Often they vary quite considerably. So there is that added complexity in, in there too. But to be able to move from conventional let's just hope we can meet demand and deal with that accordingly in the moment to transform into an organization, you know, who's taking a, a much more holistic systemic view means that we need to understand performance metrics, uh, data bottlenecks. We need to understand cycle times. Of course, our value stream map is so, so powerful in this. And we also yes. need to understand, as I talked to you before, about changeover times, yield, and so on and so forth. So there's, a, there's an amalgam of metrics, of data sources that enables us to move more closely to establishing this this, trombi, this metronomic scheduling. And the consequences, of course, are significant. And in practical terms, you're re reacting to demand changes and at the same time utilizing the available capacity because these yeah. are all balances, Sue's, that need to be made. And, you know, as you're transforming to those, let's not underestimate there's an element of risk. Moving from a conventional model to a level schedule model has has risk and therefore we need to consider the appropriate uh, chronology that you would deploy in order to, to get the result so that you can test that. But remember, PDSA, of course, is, is our, our, our great learning tool, which can also tell us what we can do and what we can't do. I think the question of variety well, um, is is often something that people struggle with as well in terms of managing the amount of variety that customers want available, but the ability to deliver on that level of variety in any form, you know, least uh, you know, at best, metronomically. Um, no. It is a huge challenge for people, isn't it? I mean, I mean, and understanding how you can create that environment. I mean, any particular advice around that, Barry? Well, I think from my experience, as I look at planning processes, or certainly conventional planning processes, we often tend to be guided by what we believe the customer would want. So they have they have a variety of demands, different products, different sizes, different shapes, different pack sizes, and so forth. And I think that we may take or make executive decisions on the basis that we're assuming that the customer would want the biggest volume of components the earliest. And right. of course, just by way of illustration, 
I think it's very important that we test our assumptions against a customer. When we are considering how might we balance, how might we have a, a consistent scheduling sequence that actually fundamentally would enable the client perhaps to do even better what we're trying to get them to do. So I, of all the guidance, I would ask us to be cognizant of, do we truly understand the motivations for the client to do what they do today and how much flexibility, I'll use the word flexibility, it's probably a little bit more complex than that, um, would they allow us in order for us to optimise yeah. our production system and fundamentally also to help them? So that's always my guidance, and hopefully I'm, I'm answering the question you asked me with that one, Suze. No, that's really helpful. Thank you very much, Barry. Thank you. Very interesting topic. And as you say, many systems, tools, methods underneath oh. it that will get you to the end. So this is a, a, a broad area that needs an awful lot of coming together in your system using the tools and methods to achieve. It is, and for the first time, I think we can probably genuinely say that it's nice to be at work where it's mon it's it's monotonously routine and boring in terms it, of the scheduling. Yeah. Uh, I've experienced it, and it is so liberating. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Yes. You know, the, that actually we know where we need to be at any point in time. Now, that's a wonderful yeah. achievement. All that we would need to do is look at the clock to say, are we on schedule? And I mean that literally, because it's so metronomic, we are aware of. And the whole system then is cognizant of that. So, yeah, I quite like monotony, actually, occasionally. I think that works very well. It can be good, yes. Thanks again, Barry. You're welcome, Suze. Nice talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find more episodes of our Uncommon Sense Tools to Improve Your Work Forever in our Knowledge Hub on our website or, of course, your favourite podcast platform. And do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode, where you'll find links to more content on this topic, which includes webinar recordings, toolbox guides, blogs and infographics, and our training page. You can always drop us a line on team at pmi.co.uk and arrange a time to have a call to talk about how these tools can help you in your organization. We'd really love to hear from you.